Welcome to this episode of Sound Bites, a podcast series produced by the National Psoriasis Foundation, the nation's leading organization for individuals living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. In each episode, someone who lives with psoriatic disease, a loved one, or an expert will share insights with you on living well. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our podcast and join us every month at SoundBites for more insights on understanding, managing, and thriving with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. My name is Shiva Mosavarian, and returning to SoundBites is renowned cardiologist Dr. Nahal Mehta, Chief of the Section of Inflammation and Cardiometabolic Diseases, Cardiovascular and Pulmonary Branch at the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, National Institutes of Health. Dr. Mehta is here to discuss an intriguing area of research that his lab is addressing, the function of adipokines and the relationship to inflammatory diseases such as psoriasis, cardiovascular, and metabolic diseases. Welcome, Dr. Mehta. It's so great having you back again, and I'm so excited to discuss this area of research with you. Let's start with giving our listeners a basic understanding. What are adipokines and what is their function in the body? Adipokines are proteins that are secreted from the adipose tissue, which is the formal name, if you will, of anything that holds fat. So when you look at your body and you have any folds of fat, that's adipose tissue. And when the adipose tissue gets, let's say, injured or stimulated, it will secrete these proteins called adipocytokines. So an adipokine most commonly is stimulated when there's systemic inflammation and the adipose tissue is not used to being bathed in all of these inflammatory proteins like TNF-alpha or IL-6. And then it turns the adipose tissue angry, if you will. And then the adipokines start being secreted in response to any of those signals. In fact, in this day and age, everyone has heard of COVID. COVID itself has been shown to impact adipokine secretion because of the systemic inflammatory response associated with it. Is the adipose tissue different in psoriatic disease? So that's a great question. There's an expanded amount of visceral adipose tissue in psoriasis, meaning that there are patients who will develop more visceral adipose tissue over time simply because of the ongoing systemic inflammation. Would you classify adipose tissue as an endocrine organ? You know, it used to always just be called a paracrine, and now it's starting to be thought of as an endocrine because of the adipocytokine. So I would call it both a paracrine and an endocrine organ. Dr. Mata, can you name some examples of adipokines? I've heard more than 600 adipokines have been identified, which are both pro- and anti-inflammatory mediators. Yes. So the most common adipokines that people have heard of are adiponectin and leptin. Adiponectin makes you more sensitized to insulin, and leptin tells your body when you've had enough to eat. So both of these adipokines are secreted by the adipose tissue in response to various stimuli. They have both paracrine and autocrine effects, meaning they have direct effects right there in the cell. And then they also have effects throughout the body. What occurs with dysregulation of adipokines and how does dysregulation contribute to inflammation? Dysregulation of adipokines is most commonly seen in patients with systemic inflammation, diabetes, as well as those who have advanced cardiovascular disease. The reason is, is that the inflammation drives the adipose tissue to secrete more adipokines these adipokines drive more insulin resistance. And the biggest contributor to inflammation themselves is the inflamed adipose tissue sending out the adipokine signal, which then brings in immune cells into the body and into the adipose tissue. 
does this inflammatory state relate to psoriatic disease and metabolic diseases such as cardiovascular disease like arthrosclerosis or diabetes and high cholesterol? The biggest risk in most of these relationships of the adipokines with other pro-inflammatory and metabolic diseases really come back down to the fact that psoriasis is an inflammatory skin disease and that systemic inflammation in the skin is driving the changes in the fat. And so that's where the inflammation is coming from. It's inflammation in the skin. And how significant is visceral fat in the dysregulation of adipokines? We've divided the fat into two types of depots. We've divided it into subcutaneous. That's the one right under your skin, like your tricep fat, and then visceral, which is around your organs. Both are just as important, but the visceral adiposity secretes way more adipocytokines than the subcutaneous adiposity. It does act more like an endocrine organ. So, Dr. Mehta, your groundbreaking research with imaging has been key to establishing the link between psoriatic disease, cardiovascular disease, and inflammation. Your lab is now exploring the role of adipokines. Is your research in adipokines the next step in digging deeper into what drives inflammation? There's three processes that we're looking into. Environmental factors, which are going to be diets and exercise and things, and then The inflammatory factors are the skin disease and the visceral adipose tissue, and we are moving to studying it more systematically. And then the final piece is understanding the impact of treatment on these outcomes, because we do firmly believe that keeping the skin disease at bay is the biggest payoff in terms of reducing cardiovascular risk. Let's talk a little bit more about your research. You've used imaging to quantify the impact of inflammation. Can you elaborate on what methods you're using to identify the function of adipokines? Yeah. So in a paper that we published a couple of years ago in the Journal of Clinical Investigation Insight, it basically covered a few hundred patients with psoriasis over four years and looked at their adipokines. And what we found there was that if you had more visceral adiposity over time, you drove more coronary disease. And what we did to understand that is we measured the adipokines in the blood and we directly measured the fat volume using CT. And so the blood and the CT correlations were very high. So all of the studies that now moving forward are going to require adipokine research, we can simply use those blood-borne assays, which are simple proteins. In order to understand the function of these, we're adding these adipokines to various endothelial cells and epithelial cells to see what their impact is in vitro. So could your research in adipokines and that of others potentially identify new therapeutic targets? Are there any in the pipeline targeting adipokine function currently? We will be able to identify targets. I don't think we're there yet. We still have to systematically go through and figure out what adipokines are expressed when and where during what sort of insults to the body. We now are finally figuring all of that out. I think the best targets for adipokines are going to be reducing the volume of visceral adiposity, whether that's through weight loss interventions or just basic diet interventions. We're working on those as we speak. Do you feel research in adipokine function could lead to discovering a cure for inflammatory diseases? I don't know if it's all in the adipose. I think that the adipose provides a window similar to the skin providing a window. I believe that the cure is really going to be an amalgam of genetics plus environment plus a lot of factors that we have yet to discover. I do think the adipose tissue being at the center of a lot of this 
is very important. And so in that paper, there's a picture of a person who's obese and how in the central adiposity, a lot of these things that we've all feared all these years is being driven by that central adiposity, inflammation, metabolic syndrome, as well as coronary disease. So until new therapeutics are discovered, is it possible caloric restriction could help rebalance the dysregulation of adipokines? Maybe caloric restriction, but in my opinion, it's going to be time-restricted eating. We actually have shown that if you limit the amount of time that you eat during the day, so we do 14 off and 10 on. So let's say, for example, I start eating at 11 in the afternoon, then I won't eat anything after, let's say, eight that night, right? So you have a 10-hour open window, and then you close it for 10 to 14 hours you don't eat. Time-restricted eating has been shown to be anti-inflammatory to T-cell inflammation. We published that in Nature Immunology last year with Dr. Michael Sack. And then also, we are now doing a time-restricted eating intervention to see if it's going to impact patients with psoriasis and metabolic syndrome. And so my advice would be not only it's what you're eating, but when you're eating. So let's keep an eye out for that research as well. In your opinion, could lifestyle changes play a role in reducing pro-inflammatory adipokines? What lifestyle changes do you recommend? Yes. So I do believe that being active 120 minutes a week will decrease the amount of inflammation. It'll keep the amount of PSA at bay, and it will also help keep weight at a good level. You try to always be keeping your weight at a good level. And I also think that doing things like watching the amount of inflammatory components, like watch your skin disease, watch your gums, make sure you take good care of yourself. These things will reduce the amount of inflammation in your body. Ultimately, it's going to come down to just taking a good approach to your whole lifestyle to reduce your weight, to reduce the amount of unnecessary inflammation that your body is seeing. And I think the adipokines will follow suit. They will drop and then you'll start seeing better overall health. Dr. Mehta, this has been a fascinating discussion about such an intriguing area of research. Do you have any final comments you'd like to share with our listeners today? Just the final one, which everybody should know their blood pressure, body mass index, blood glucose, and cholesterol. We've been calling that the three Bs. And the reason that's important is that you will now be able to figure out your own cardiovascular risk based on those. And remember, the fat in your body matters. It's an endocrine organ, and we have to be careful as to what we eat and when we eat it. Thank you so much, Dr. Mehta, for sharing information about your research efforts and adipokine function. We really appreciate your time today. It's such a promising area of research, and I look forward to hearing more updates in the future. August is Psoriasis Action Month. Whether you're looking for treatment options, community, tips and tricks for living a healthy lifestyle or more, the National Psoriasis Foundation has a solution you need. Contact our Patient Navigation Center by calling 800-723-9166 or by emailing education at psoriasis.org. Your solution is waiting. Get free resources, individualized recommendations, and answers to your questions. And finally, thank you to our sponsors who provided support on behalf of this program activity, Amgen, Abby, Sarah Bay, Bristol-Myers Squibb, Jansen, and Lily. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sound Bites for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. If you or someone you love has ever struggled with psoriatic disease, our hope is that through this series, you'll gain information to help you lead a healthier life and inspire you to look to the future. Please join us for another inspiring podcast. You can find this or all future episodes of Sound Bites on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Ghana, and the National Psoriasis Foundation webpage. 
To learn more about this topic or others, please visit psoriasis.org or contact us with your questions or comments by email at podcast at psoriasis.org.